Hello there, welcome to the final whistle. I'm Kenzie Benali. And I'm Steve Forbes. Well, it was a Hernandez brace that gave the visitors all three points this afternoon. A disappointing result. And Dean Hammond and Joe Prince-Wright are back with us to dissect that performance. Dean, let's come to you first. I think the key word here is frustration after that match. Yeah, frustration and, and disappointment, Kenzie. I think it's, it's been a tough week. Um, credit to Watford again. Um, took the opportunity to go advantage of some mistakes from from Southampton got themselves ahead and then defended for their for their lives which you would do when they're in the position they are in the, in the league um but yeah just Southampton were a little bit lethargic today I thought a little bit low on energy um a little bit low on um or short on on um answers or ideas to trying to break down um Watford got themselves back into the game in that, that second half and thinking with, with Brozier coming on in the second half, a change of shape as well, um, kind of went to a 5-3-2, which I kind of understood with Oromar kind of going into the, the, the back three, back four to, to try and um, start moves with, with better possession, better decisions on the ball to try and break that, that Watford press down, but didn't quite work. Um, and I suppose the only disappointment, it probably took 18 minutes for for Ben Foster to, to make a save in, in that second half, which is a brilliant save from, from Shay Adams. So there was opportunities. We got into some some reasonable area, areas, but just not to the standard that, that Southampton have probably shown um, this season. I think that's that's the disappointment. Not There's no lack of effort, no lack of trying from the players. I don't think you can ever question that, um, but just not to the standard that they've, they've produced. And you can you can expect that from a, from a young team, but... Did the formation work in the first half with the personnel? Potentially not. Um, but individual errors probably cost Southampton today. You look at the first two goals um, and that's what's cost them um, the game. So that's where the frustration and disappointment will be because it was an opportunity today to, to bounce back from two um, defeats, to get a home um, victory again, um, to create the move for the, for the FA Cup um, um, uh, next week. Yeah, Joe, we spoke pretty much about how the change in personnel and the potential change in shape would hopefully freshen things up. It didn't quite work out that way. What was your overall assessment of today's match? Yeah, it didn't. It seemed like players were just a bit sluggish. There was a lot of loose passes, especially in the first half. I felt a bit sorry for Will Smallbone. He was almost playing up front at times, and that's not really his position. Obviously, he was drifting around in between two positions. And Dean kind of summed it up there. A lot of the players looked just a bit jaded and a bit tired. Um, some of the Saints' best performers this season, Mohamed Salasu, Oyo Romeo, and Stuart Armstrong, all three of those guys, I thought, just had really off days, just made some really strange decisions. And I don't know if it's just games catching up with them uh, with three games in a week there. Uh, but it was just a really strange performance from start to finish, really. And uh, obviously, Ralph rectified it a little bit with the halftime substitution and, and changed his shape. But like Dean mentioned there, apart from Walprouse's free kick that just went over and then Shea Adams' header, weren't many opportunities in the second half. So Watford were pretty comfortable in the end to hold on for the win, which for me is the most disappointing part. When Saints got back to 2-1 right on half time. you thought, OK, here we go. They have some momentum, have some confidence, but never really gained control of the game uh, the way they would have liked to have done. And again, it's another team that's come to St. Mary's, let Southampton have the ball. They had over 60% of possession again, just like Newcastle did. And it was a lot of just sidewards, backwards passing. And credit to Watford, they defended really well in two banks of five almost. But it's it just really frustrating for Southampton that 
you felt like they turned the corner and found different ways to break teams down who did sit deep. But we've kind of seen that, that they've regressed slightly over the last few games. So, yeah, disappointment, frustration in the air for sure. Well, before we talk about the game in a bit more detail, here's how it panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solon. A very good afternoon from me and Dave Merrington. Walker-Peters, good ball, good movement from Armstrong to the byline, chips it into the box, headed by Elianusi, headed up in the air, and then Foster competed with Adams, and as always, the referee gives the goalkeeper the benefit of the doubt. Brentford back-to-back wins, massive for them, and Saints almost gave the ball away. Forster's clearance to João Pedro and then the back clear from Salisa is poor and the shot's brilliant and they do take the lead and out of nothing Cucho Hernandez gives Watford the lead at St Mary's and it's totally self-inflicted and Ward-Prowse does take it and he curls it into the six-yard area and Salisa who's headed it over he could have made up for his earlier error just inside the penalty area near the byline support behind him from Kuchka clips a clever ball in and the shot and the volley and the goal from Hernandez who has his second And Saints are all over the place at home against Watford. Saints, just like they don't know where their players are, Dave. As this time, Sissoko comes forward and he's got a man on his outside. It's a great run from Kuchka. And off comes his line, Forster, and makes the save with his feet. Here comes Ward-Prowse with the free kick. Flicked on by Adams to the back post. And it's gone in. And Elianusi has scored. Ward-Prowse. Boy, does his team need him at the moment. Here he comes, right-footed, and it lands on top of the crossbar. Redmond picked up a good little pocket here, turns and runs towards the penalty area, left-hand corner, into the box, flicks a clever ball in, and the header from Adams tipped over, and the referee says that is it. Well, let's dissect the match in a bit more detail now. Dean, we'll begin with that disastrous start. Was it just a lapse in concentration or communication between Salisu and Forster? I think there was a, a few errors um, and, and details leading up to the goal. I think it, it starts from um, Fraser Forster going um, long to start with from a free kick, I think. And that happened quite a lot today. I thought Southampton went a little bit more direct than normal and, and didn't try and play through the thirds. Um, and then the ball comes back to, to Fraser Forster, who plays a short pass to Bednarek, really, and almost gets caught out by, by Dennis, I think. And then Bednarek's put under pressure and plays a square pass but behind Salasu onto his onto his right foot so straight away puts him under pressure on his on his weaker foot and then from Salasu it's just he underhits it he undercooks the pass and almost he's trying to set Fraser Forster to come onto the ball to strike it first time where I think Fraser Forster wants the ball back to him so he's able to to have a touch um, but the errors there from, from Bednarak is, is maybe he could have gone straight back to Fraser Forster um, instead of going across to Salasu um, understanding that Salasu is left-footed, so appreciating um, the pass, appreciating um, your teammate who you're passing to, and then the quality from from Salasu and the understanding that Fraser Forster wants it back. And I also think after that, um, it was a good reaction from the Watford player to go around Fraser Forster, but Salasu hesitates a little bit and maybe could get back to the line a little bit quicker if if I'm I'm, I'm honest. And I think that's what me and Joe were mentioning. It was a little bit. Uh, lethargic. There was there wasn't quite that energy that Southampton usually play with, and it was very evident in that opening ten to fifteen minutes. There was a couple of crosses that came back that Salasu tried to clear actually with his right foot, and it fell to Watford played, and then Bednarek got a really good block in. So, just individual things that you'd expect expect a little bit more from these players because they played so well this season and performed so well. Um, that is noticeable when they're just not quite on it today. So um, a collective amount of errors in that goal and just a disappointing start because 
when you give a goal like that to Watford, it gives them hope and it gives them something to hold on to. And then they're going to sit a little bit deeper. And like Joe mentioned, then Southampton could have a lot of possession and it's hard to break them down from that moment on. Yeah, well, it felt like a collective amount of uh, errors going into the second goal as well. Uh, Hernandez obviously bagged a second. Joe, what went wrong with that one for you? Yeah, again, it was Watford, some some clever build-up play, but just being direct. And it, similar to the cross for Newcastle's goal on Thursday, there wasn't enough pressure on the ball initially for me. It was a good cross to the back post, but then Roman Perot has obviously had to cover over because some of the defenders... Uh, Salas and Benarek got dragged over towards the near post to, to mark the Watford players. So created uh, some space there for Hernandez and yeah, a, a really good finish. But even then I felt like Fraser Forster maybe could have done better with it. It wasn't a rasping shot. It was just a, a low shot into the corner. But yeah, it was just little lapses defensively, as we said for the first goal, very similar to the second one that just... Saints just haven't been on it. And it's the same against Newcastle. I know I keep saying that, but it was a very similar performance in the fact that these goals Saints gave to Watford. It wasn't wasn't like they really earned them. It wasn't through great play or great skill. It was very much through sloppy defensive errors. And Ralph Hasenhutl and, and the side have worked really hard to cut those defensive errors out this season. But they just started to creep in against Villa, Newcastle, and now Watford in this run of three straight defeats. It's poor individual errors, especially at the back. And I don't really know where that's come from because before that, Saints were looking really good and in really good form. So uh, sometimes, Dean will tell you, football's just like that. One moment, one goal you can see just knocks confidence. And it seems like Saints are reeling a little bit defensively at the moment where they can't quite be focused. And even playing balls out the back, there was a lot of loose passes today. So, uh, yeah, that second goal really summed up just the haphazard nature of the decision-making for Southampton. Yeah, well, going forward, Southampton really were struggling to break Watford down in that opening 45 minutes. But the fans were given a little bit of hope because it did seem like Moy Elianusi's goal on the stroke of half-time was or could have been a turning point, Dean. Yeah, I mean, I was sitting here watching it, Steve, and just thinking if Southampton can get a goal from, from half-time, kind of regroup at half-time, um, the manager would give his advice and opinion at half-time, maybe make a change like I did. Then I think... Southampton will come out a different team in, in the second half. And it's a good finish from Ananusi. Um, I thought Southampton looked dangerous from set pieces today. James Wozzy-Prowse, his delivery was excellent. Um, got a few contacts. I think Salisu had an header in the first half. We potentially could have done a little bit, a bit better. Second half, he had another header where he was, he was stretching. Um, and there was moments in, in the first half. Cole Caputa's broke down the line on the outside and cut in. And I don't know if he's trying to cross it. He was trying to shoot and trying to uh, beat Ben Foster in the near post. And then again, um, the, um, Cole Capiz has another strike later on in the half and Ben Foster makes a really, really good save. But it was difficult to to break Watford down again defensively. They had their shape, they had their structure and didn't really come out of areas. And every time Southampton got into positions to cross or try and slide a ball through, there was two, three, four Watford players covering angles, covering areas, marking the players. So they were very well organised, which you'd expect from a Roy Hodgson team and the work he does on the training ground. But yeah, just a little bit of a lack of imagination. And I think at times... A little bit of, of fear in the players to maybe try something, you know, a ball round the corner, a flick that may not come off. But when you're confident and everything's going well and you're winning games, you try those things. You try the flick that comes off and it excites a crowd or you try and take a play on. I just thought with time, Joe mentioned it, we, 
we're a little bit safe. I wouldn't say negative, but safe where we potentially would go backwards or go sidewards instead of trying to commit someone. And it was only on when actually Shea Adams header in, in the second half when Nathan Redmond actually committed a Watford player and, and ran at a Watford player. And there wasn't too many players that did that today. So difficult in that first half and difficult actually in the second half, even with a change of shape and personnel. Well, you mentioned that it was difficult in the second half, Dean. Joe, what was your assessment of Southampton's performance in the second 45? And obviously we had that late VAR check for a penalty too. Yeah, I think it was, it wasn't much better, to be honest. It was slightly better with, with Broer and obviously Adams. They kind of gave Watford a few more problems and dragged the defence around, which opened up space for Alianusi and Armstrong to try and get into. But Dean said it before, it's just that, that risk-taking, there wasn't enough risk for me or wasn't enough bravery sometimes. And again, you're in a run of losing the last couple of games. It's difficult as a player to all of a sudden turn on the magic and play with loads of confidence when you suffered a few bad results. So uh, it wasn't the kind of the second half that I expected after getting that goal late in the first half. I, I really did think Saints would come out of a lot of confidence. But again, full credit to Watford, defended well, very organised, and they did... They, they gave a masterclass in how to run down the clock and go down and, and really uh, waste some time there. And then on the VAR decision um, for the handball, I, I thought it was. I, I When you raise your arms that high in the penalty box, you always run the risk of, of uh, getting a penalty given against you if the ball does strike your arm. Obviously, it was very close. That was probably what saved uh, Cabasali in the end. That was very close to where... Bednarak headed the ball towards goal, but I think it's one of those 50-50 flip of a coin ones. Some referees will give it, some won't. So in some ways, Saints, a little bit unlucky today. Dean mentioned there the deliveries and set pieces were good. It was just the, the bounces around the box weren't quite uh, falling Saints' way. The rebounds, they, they weren't there to finish them off. Salas, who had a couple of headers over, Wall Prowse just whipped that one just over. So... Yes, it's a third straight defeat, but if you look at the table, still 10th in the Premier League table, I think any Saints fan would have taken that heading into the final few months of the campaign. But yeah, just, just a bit disappointing. Well, because of the result, the fans may scrutinise Ralph's decision to change the formation, Dean. Do you think that was the deciding factor or was it more down to individual errors? Yeah, it's hard to say, Steve, to be honest, because it's easy to say now that we've we've lost the game, that, oh, it was a change of formation or a change of personnel um, and that is a factor it does play in terms of why you didn't get a result or a, a performance potentially but Ralph would have had his reasons for doing that um, whether it was because it was playing against Watford or he wanted a change or to approach the game in a, in a different way but um, looking at the game now it, it just it potentially didn't work really um, because you've lost the game but the reason we lost the game was down to individual errors. I don't think that was anything to do with the shape in terms of the first two goals. But attacking-wise, yeah, I think the shape didn't work in that first half. You know, I, like Joe said, I felt for, for Will. Um, that is not his natural position. He was almost playing as a second striker. I thought he would play a little bit deeper and try and help the midfield players and, and dictate possession. But he was trying to play further forward and more as, a, as an attacker. And I think there's there's more suitable players within the group and within the squad to be able to do that. That's nothing against Will, but I think there's players like Adam Armstrong or Nathan Redman or Brozier that, that could do that. Um, and then in the second half, again, it wasn't back to the, the natural shape. It was more of a, 
a free five two really. Um, it was only late on when we went back to the four four two sort of um, formation that we caused Watford a few more problems. So you can question it and you can look at it, but I'm sure the manager had his reasons for it, but it just wasn't executed today. And when you lose a game, it's the first thing you'll question because it's something different. Well, as far as the league table is concerned, as Joe said, despite three defeats in a row, Southampton do still say in 10th position, whilst Watford have boosted their chances of survival. Uh, Joe, what's your assessment on how it's looking for both teams moving forward for the remainder of the season? Yeah, well, of course, Southampton got the big FA Cup quarterfinal at home against Manchester City next week. And I just think playing against teams, they still have... Arsenal, Liverpool and Chelsea to come as well. Playing against those teams who are expected to beat Saints, that actually helps Saints play their natural game and gives them a lot more space and and time to press high up and catch them out. So I I think now it's kind of you're playing with house money, right? I'm going to say we're safe from relegation. There's a lot of points uh, above the bottom three there. So no real worries on that score, which is great. And that's always the aim. Uh, but now it's how can you build for next season? How can you build some momentum for Southampton? The cup is huge. I think that's a huge opportunity. Yes, Manchester City are a great team. That's going to take uh, a great individual performance from every single player and then a bit of luck to get through. But you never know what might happen. And Saints are a very good cup team, as I said, because when teams have to go for it, they leave gaps and, and they take chances. And Saints are really good at exposing that. Um, so I think, you know, between now and the end of the season, Ralph is going to learn a lot about these players and which players maybe for next season he can count on, where he needs to strengthen, perhaps defensively in a few areas. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a good learning curve. For Watford, this will do their chances of staying up. The world are good. You could see, as Dee mentioned, Roy Hodgson has had time now to settle in to the defensive structure with that team. As soon as they went 1-2-0 and up, they were happy to sit back and defend and then hit Saints on the counter and they looked quite dangerous on the counter. So I'd actually feel very confident as a Watford fan going going into the uh, final months of the season. They don't have a game now until April, so they have even more time to work on the training ground and perfect that. If you look at the likes of Leeds and Everton and Burnley around them battling away, Watford are dangerous. They've got some dangerous attacking players there. So a big day for them and for Saints. Hopefully they can learn from this and, uh, uh, and kick on in the final months of the season, I hope. Well, let's hear from Ralph Hasenhutl now. Here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game. Ralph, a really frustrating afternoon today. What did you feel was missing performance-wise? A lot. Uh, with the ball, we haven't been good enough today, not quick enough, uh, not precise enough. And against the ball, we gave away chances in a very, very easy way. So uh, overall, not a good enough performance. Seemed like a bright start from your team, nearly scored in the first couple of minutes. How much do you think the first goal and the nature of the first goal affected things today? Yeah, um, we have 90 minutes to score, we have 90 minutes to turn things around, so this is not the argument. It is not easy in the moment. Uh, you could see that uh, there were a lot of scenes where we had to stop, uh, we break our rhythm because somebody was lying on the ground and then it's hard for our young team to, to stay patient and to stay focused and to yeah, yeah to break somebody down who's defending quite well. And uh, yeah, they did it quite well and uh, that's the reason why we lost today. Yeah, well, it is the FA Cup next for Southampton in a quarter-final tie against Manchester City here at St Mary's. A huge match, Dean. Yeah, well, a welcome change from, from the Premier League after uh, three defeats and um, a one-off game and 
a brilliant occasion for for the club, for the players to be playing Man City in the quarterfinal of the FA Club at St Mary's is is perfect for the players. And Joe just said there that you know playing team against Man City, Southampton always do well, always very competitive against them. You know, two draws this season, so Man City have not beaten Southampton, um, so they'll take hope from that. Um, and I'm sure the players will be really looking forward to it. It's a brilliant occasion. Um, I don't know actually if the, the semi-finals are still at Wembley, but one game away from Wembley if they are. Um, so yeah, look, everything to play for. The players will be excited. The build-up during the week will be different because you get the FA Cup build-up, which is always a brilliant experience for the players. So I'm sure they'll be looking for, forward to it. And I'm sure we'll see that energy, um, that enthusiasm um, and that excitement from the players on the day. Well, as we've just heard there from Dean, we have drawn twice against Manchester City in the league this season. Joe, can we go one better this time? It's going to be difficult, Kenzie, but I, I could see extra time, penalties, something dramatic like that at St Mary's and then who knows. But it, it has to be a great team display and a, some great individual displays. Salasu will have to be back to his best defensively, clearing chances. And then you're going to need Breuer and Adams up top to really hold the ball up and cause City problems in behind. But... If I'm honest, Man City, I don't think they're really that focused on the FA Cup. The Premier League title bid is obviously really close. The race with Liverpool, Champions League as well. So uh, they might make a few changes to their lineup. They don't have a lot of defenders to rotate. So that might work in Saints' favour. So I'm trying to stack things up here in Saints' odds where they can get over the line. Uh, it's going to be a great occasion. I'm really looking forward to being at St Mary's for it. And uh, yeah, part of me feels like this is a good game for Saints to have to show a reaction, to show, okay, let's kick on now at the end of the season. And I'm sure, as Dean mentioned, the atmosphere will inspire the players and they'll come flying out of the traps against Man City. Yeah, it should be a great day. Fingers crossed that Man City aren't focused for that one. Uh, Dean, Joe, thank you so much for joining us today on Saints Live and on the final whistle. Well, it wasn't to be for Southampton this afternoon at St Mary's, a 2-1 defeat to Watford, but attention does now turn to the FA Cup and a huge clash with a place in the semi-finals up for grabs as Southampton take on Manchester City in the quarter-finals. We'll be with you again with another Saints Live. It's a 3pm kickoff for that match, so we'll have a show from 1.45. Do enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you then. Bye for now.